National Rural News. Good afternoon, I'm Georgia Kondek. Victorian firefighters are bracing for another day of catastrophic fire danger as a large bushfire northwest of Ballarat is still burning out of control. The Bandine Rocky Road fire has torn through 22,000 hectares. Pioneers Shire Council, Farmer and Mayor Robert Vance is about 20 kilometres from the fire at Wattle Creek. When you've got over 20,000 hectares, don't ever underestimate how bad it is. It's critical. Under current conditions, everything is safe. But what's ahead of us in the next 12 hours is the worry. The Nationals leader is accusing a supermarket giant of turning its back on Australian producers. Woolworths is removing Norco milk from 150 stores across Sydney. David Littleproud says the factory has only just been finding its feet after shutting down during the Lismore floods, while the supermarket says the decision has been based on customer demand. Grants are now available for regional, rural and remote communities to gain access to better communication. Telstra and the FRRR's program aims to boost support to those communities, build resilience, improve environment sustainability and enhance livability with connection. FRRR's Philanthropic Services Manager Danielle Griffin says the grant is available for community organisations. With or without deductible gift recipients, um, charitable status, so they simply need to be not-for-profit. All these projects need to be charitable and authored by a not-for-profit organisation. So it means that everyone from the volunteers running the local community hall through to, you know, potentially one of the neighbourhood houses. Millions of dollars are being invested into the country's agriculture industry to boost and revolutionise the sector. Charles Sturt University partnered with AgriScience Research and Business Park are funding $50 million into a number of projects from research projects and facilities. AgroPark Executive Director Nick Paget says this will advance the sector into the digital world. Helping growers in the adoption of technologies, producers in Australia have a tendency to learn from one another and learn from demonstration. That in turn should improve both the efficiency and productivity of our operations uh, in our farming communities. Researchers have uncovered a much faster way to see how pathogens overcome resistance in crop plants. CSIRO scientists have achieved a breakthrough by developing a novel paid gene screening platform to identify new avalanche-affected genes. Plant pathogens cause diseases, greatly reducing agriculture productivity. Dr Peter Dodd says new surveillance techniques will help make it easier for farmers to detect these diseases. You can actually go out to the field and do surveillance whereas currently that all needs to be sent back to a central processing facility. So we'll be able to do surveillance in the field, which will give you a much better idea of what's happening in your current cropping season, of, of what rust strains are out there and what cultivars you're likely to be able to infect. And wineries on the New South Wales south coast are kicking off 2024 with a standout harvest. The region is celebrating a fruitful harvest with exceptional quality despite smaller yields than anticipated. Varieties such as Semillon, Sauvignon Blanc and Vidello are all showing promise for the year ahead. Shoalhaven Wine Association President Brett Richardson says the recent weather was on their side. It was a nice dry season, so um, it, was a, it was a dry spring, um, which really helps. Um, that's the most important thing of a grape growing is the conditions and not ideally dry conditions, which is what we got, um, which hopefully um, we have a, another dry, um, dry season coming up. This is the National Rural News. National Rural News. Checking the markets, here's Laura Basarati from Comsec.
The Aussie market is currently running on the spot. The ASX 200 index down by just a few points in early trade. And later this morning at 11.30am, we'll get the monthly report on Aussie inflation, which could influence market movements over the course of the afternoon. Currently across the sectors, 5 of 11 are higher, led by gains in tech stocks. Miners also a support, despite Fortescue falling by 3% as it trades ex-dividend. Woolworths and Telstra also ex today. In other news, Flight Centre released its half-year results, saying it was the second best start to the year, but its shares are still falling 6%. And wealth manager Perpetual also lower following its results. Looking over to commodities, oil had another strong session, lifting by 1.7% to 79 US dollars a barrel on the back of the potential ex- extension of supply cuts by the world's largest oil producing nations. Gold rose by a third of 1% to 2,044 US per ounce, but iron ore slid by a fifth of 1% to 126 US dollars per tonne. And that's despite reports that India is considering a potential export tax on low grade iron Finally, the Aussie dollar currently buys 65.4 US cents. This is Laura Bessarati from Comsec. To the National Livestock Report is Jay Malaganis from Auctions Plus. In the major indicative livestock markets, at the Ballarat sale yards, lamb numbers increased slightly to 26,929. Quality improved over the trade weights and heavy export lambs presenting in excellent condition with more weight offered this week. Lambs back to the paddock sold from $21 to $118, and lambs to feed made from $99 to $146. Light trade lambs under 18 kilos to suit MK orders sold from $80 to $121 per head. Lambs in wool 18 to 24 kilos sold from $114 to $145 per head, with a range of $560 to $620 cents per kilo carcass weight. Stronger competition this week had sales up to $30 per head dearer throughout the yarding. Light merino weathers sold from 77 to 114 and heavyweights made from 95 to 120 dollars, gaining $15 to $20 per head, with an average from 350 to 420 cents per kilo. Merino ewes made from 54 to 115 dollars, selling to $15 per head dearer, to average 380 to 410 cents per kilo. Heavy crossbred mutton made from 87 to 125 dollars, sold to 30 dollars per head dearer, to average around 300 to 320 cents per kilo. At the Camperdown sale yards, agency yarded 230 head this week, representing a fewer less cattle than last week's numbers. Quality was similar to the previous week. Today, the yarding comprised 38 mixed cattle, 184 cows, along with eight bulls, and not all processes were in attendance or active. Overall, the better covered cows were 20 cents per kilo softer and more in places with the lightweight cows, again experiencing very restricted competition. Manufacturing steers made to 192 cents per kilo. Well covered dairy cows sold from 190 to 215 cents per kilo, with the medium weights to the trade selling between 160 and 190 cents per kilo. The lightweights selling from 80 cents to 135 cents per kilo. The better covered beef bulls gained 15 cents per kilo, selling to 215 cents per kilo. Today on Auctions Plus, there will be six cattle and two sheep sales being interfaced with us today. The Thursday sheep sale will be live on Auctions Plus tomorrow, starting at 1pm. I'm James Malaganis with the Auctions Plus Livestock Report, Australia's most trusted livestock marketplace. 
to the wool auctions. The eastern market indicator is up four at 1,161 cents a kilogram. To the northern region, sales in the northern market indicator is up three at 1,207 cents a kilogram. A total offering of 4,649 with 3.3% passed in. 19 micron up six at 1,421. 21 macron saw no sale. 23 macron saw no sale. To the southern region, sales now in the southern market indicator is up five at 1,130 cents a kilogram. A total offering of 10,388 with 9% passed in. 19 micron up 15 at 1,417. 21 micron down 2 at 1,319. And 23 macron saw no sale. Those figures are from the Australian Wool Exchange. And now with the Grain Report, here's Joe Boyle from Pro Farmer Grain. Local grain and canola markets were mostly firmer yesterday, although barley prices were softer in the Western Australian port zones. Looking at international markets, CBOT wheat futures increased due to short covering and a weaker US dollar. CBOT corn futures firmed on the back of spillover support from wheat. CBOT soybean futures softened due to weakness in soymeal markets. And ice canola futures mostly increased with support coming from strength in comparable oils. Local grain and canola markets are expected to trend higher today. CBOT May 24 wheat was up five Australian dollars per tonne to $328 per tonne. Ice May 24 canola was up 2 Australian dollars per tonne to $668 per tonne. And Matif May 24 canola was up 12 Australian dollars per tonne to $688 per tonne. You can keep up to date with today's local pricing action with Pro Farmer Price Discovery at www.profarmergrain.com.au. That's the latest from the markets. This is the National Rural News. National Rural News. Checking the forecast is James Rout from Weatherzone. Today there is extreme fire danger with total fire bans in place for much of eastern South Australia and western and central Victoria with catastrophic fire danger for the Wimmera. This is with a cold front and trough bringing hot, dry and gusty northerly winds ahead of it followed by cooler but gusty westerly winds behind it. Heat will peak in the 40s for eastern South Australia and northwest Victoria. There's a significant chance of dry lightning with fast-moving thunderstorms around the trough for the wind change, which could trigger fires and make them erratic with damaging wind gusts. The cooler change will come through during the late afternoon and evening. Please stay up to date with the latest warnings and advice from your local emergency services. Fire danger ratings will be moderate to high tomorrow. It will be dry across South Australia and Victoria, but with milder temperatures and less gusty winds. Heavy showers and thunderstorms will continue across northern and northwest Queensland today and tomorrow with a monsoonal flow. Eastern New South Wales and southeast Queensland will see a few showers and the odd thunderstorm around the ranges this afternoon. Thunderstorm activity will increase significantly over the central and northern tablelands and slopes of New South Wales tomorrow. Now to close up. The country's agriculture industry is preparing to revolutionise with a significant investment boost. Charles Sturge University partnered with AgriScience Research and Business Park is investing more than $50 million into research projects and facilities. They're centred around sustainable energy, animal health, soil health and technology. I spoke with AgriPark Executive Director Nick Paget, who says this is a great boost for the agriculture industry. The great thing is this money's going to go in uh, in partnership with industry and government in supporting uh, building our capabilities in the agricultural sector in, in around digital um, and digital technologies, uh, but also in the renewable sector and better understanding the uh, impact and opportunities for agriculture.
infrastructure and regional Australia uh, with the emergence of, uh, of new renewable technologies such as hydrogen and uh, energy sources. What are those new investments that will be coming out? So importantly, we're uh, expanding our global digital farm footprint, which is a process whereby we bring the best of current and future technologies into a commercial farming operation in our university farms. And we can test and validate those technologies and then uh, promote them and, and demonstrate them to the agricultural industry and showcase them as ways that they can improve the value of their crops and their production systems. And also with the renewable sector, um, we're really creating some test beds where we can bring in uh, the emerging renewables, hydrogen, biogas, um, biodiesel, and actually be able to showcase those in a, in a real-life context uh, in an agricultural setting so that uh, producers and the agricultural sector can understand the ways that they can get involved with uh, renewables and, and look at adopting renewables, as well as looking at ways that they may be able to self, become self-sufficient with energy supplies with some of these emerging renewable technologies. And so we'll be able to showcase and demonstrate uh, those activities, including, you know, um, looking at having the first hydrogen tractor, hydrogen power tractor um, into Australia, which then gives us the ability to be able to showcase that technology as well as hydrogen production from um, agricultural waste streams, uh, which enables us to look at how producers can be involved in the production of hydrogen, but also in the utilisation of hydrogen as an example. And this will expand out into our, our um, emissions reduction programs where we're really focusing on helping growers change their, their practices to reduce down their carbon emissions um, and also become uh, more sustainable in, in their environmental impact while still being able to deliver the great quality products that Australia and the world sees value from Australia in. Yeah, absolutely great initiatives for the industry. How will, you know, all these investments actually revolutionise agriculture across the country? Well, it's probably three key uh, targets we're looking at. Is One is helping growers in the adoption of technology. So producers in Australia have a tendency to learn from one another and learn from demonstration. Um, and so this is really important in, in being able to demonstrate these new technologies to showcase them to producers so that we can increase their adoption rates of, of technology. That in turn should improve both the efficiency and productivity of our operations uh, in our farming communities, but it will also enable us to become more sustainably uh, managing our, our landscapes and our, our um, resources in, in agricultural operations. And then thirdly, most importantly, we're also using this to educate the next generation of farmers and, and agricultural graduates coming into the sector uh, through our undergraduate and postgraduate programs at Charles Sturt. And as one of the largest educators of agricultural graduates, it's really important we can showcase to them the very latest and best technology so they're learning with those technologies and going out into the industry ready and prepared and then for being able to support the industry further. That was myself speaking with AgriPark Executive Director Nick Pageant on investing the agriculture industry. And that's a wrap from the National Rural Newsroom for today. If you have a story, please reach out. Send me an email at ruralnews at radio.9.com.au. I'm Georgia Kondek. Have a great afternoon.